You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. Man, I'm in the back and I was just, you know, singing loud. I don't have a very good voice. And I caught myself, and I know this isn't the Lord, but I caught myself thinking, you know, I'll close my eyes, I don't want the distraction, I just want to focus on praising God. And I thought, man, I wonder if anybody's looking back at me going, man, he's really being loud. You didn't, I just, you know, don't don't worry. But, I mean, all of a sudden I started getting self-conscious. Today we'll study a psalm of great celebration and praise. People were clapping and shouting to the Lord, singing praises and exalting Him. Pastor J.D. will reflect on reasons why, in general, we tend to contain ourselves and limit the expression of our worship. Much like when David was judged by his wife for his public worship, we may fear what people will think of our praise. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 46 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. God, before the Assyrians besieged Jerusalem... To cut off their water supply. By the way, there's a real practical application as it relates to what the enemy does in our lives. He besieges us. He surrounds us. And he wants to cut off the water supply of God's word in our lives. And if he does, it's just a matter of time before he conquers us. I mean, it's textbook warfare. In ancient days and certainly as it relates to spiritual warfare wants to cut off our water supply. And then he's got us. So, before the Assyrians arrive, he builds this tunnel 1,770 feet in length. And he did this so the water flow from the Gihon Spring would go into the pool of Siloam, which is within the city walls of Jerusalem. And then, very brilliant, of course God inspired him to do this, he covers the springs outside. We're going to see this when we go again. He covers the springs outside the city wall so the Assyrians would never see it. So here they are, they besiege the city, they're there to cut off the water supply and conquer Jerusalem, but oh, they, they built a tunnel and got the water inside the city and you're not going to find out how they did it. You can encamp round about them all you want for as long as you want. You ain't going to get to them and they're not going to surrender to you. So now the question becomes, okay, so they've got water, no problem. They've got the promise of God, the word of God, they are not going to enter the city. The way they came, that's how they're going to end up leaving. Uh, sort of. <laughs> and they're not going to enter. The, they're not even going to shoot an arrow. Forget building a ramp to seize the city and conquer the city. You're more than conquerors. Remember that now. Uh, they're not even going to shoot an arrow in there. Nothing's going to happen. God said it. That settles it. 
So how does God do this then? He's got them. They're safe. They're inside the city walls. They have water. Now how's God going to take care of these 185,000 Assyrians? Oh, it's, this is where it gets even better. Second Kings chapter 19. Listen to verse 35. And it came to pass on a certain night, no, no specific night is mentioned, we don't know the day of the month at that time, that an angel of the Lord went out. We don't even know the angel's name. This is not Gabriel, it's not Michael. I mean, it's just an angel. An angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. And when the people arose early in the morning, there were the corpses all dead. Oh. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Let me see if I got this straight. All right. So God has declared, calm down, be still, and know that I am God. I'm going to take care of this. I know they're encamped around about you. They have besieged the city. They've conquered every city in their path on their way to you. And it doesn't look good. In fact, if you look at the size of this army and who this army is and the formidable threat they pose, you know this is how it ends. Two words, but God. Not even but God, just an angel of the Lord. He, just one night, just, you know, it's kind of like God says, hey, okay, go. We need an angel. We're, is there an intern? We can send an intern down there. We've got 185,000 Assyrians we need to. And he just kills them. This actually happened. This isn't a, you know, based on a true story, you know. This, this is a true story. Can you imagine the Israelites? They wake up in the morning. That's presupposing they could even sleep that night with 185,000 Assyrians outside the city walls. There to kill them. They haven't realized the promise of God yet. This is all by faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things yet unseen. God said he would do it, but he hasn't done it yet. So I have to believe by faith that he's going to do it. That's what being more than a conqueror means. It's knowing that you already have the victory before the battle begins. That's what it means to be more than a conqueror. God has assured us the victory as more than conquerors in Christ. When that Assyrian army encamps around about our lives, our families, our finances, our ministries, and poses a formidable threat, <laughs> be still. I'll take care of this. I know it doesn't look good. I know you're up against impossible odds, but and you don't see it, and it's hard to imagine it, but they woke up in the morning and they look out expecting to see 185,000 Assyrians probably trying to shoot arrows or build a ramp, and instead they're all dead. I wonder what they did with the bodies. We're not told. That's a lot of bodies to deal with. A hundred and eighty-five. Could you imagine the rejoicing and the praising of God and thanking God for what He just did for them? Well, that's Psalm 47. 
to the chief musician, a psalm of the sons of Korah. Uh, by the way, just let me preface this psalm. It's a relatively short psalm, and we'll try to get through it, but I don't want to rush. But uh, this psalm has the propensity to jam some gears, because it is a celebration. They're shouting. They're loud. They're clapping their hands and they're praising God. That's what Psalm 47 is. So let's read it. Verse 1. Oh, clap your hands. <laughs> All you people shout to God with the voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is, and this is an overused word and I wish it wasn't, awesome. Awesome. God, you are awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. He will subdue the peoples under us and the nations under our feet. Can I just parenthetically add, you should have seen what he did to the Assyrians. He will choose our inheritance for us. The excellence of Jacob whom he loves. Selah. God has gone up with a shout. The Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our king. Sing praises. You kind of get the impression of verse 6 that they want to sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. And here it is again. Sing praises with understanding. Do you understand what it is that God has just done? God reigns over the nations, verse 8. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the people have gathered together, the people of the God of Abraham, for the shields of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted. Wait, isn't that what he just said? I will be exalted among the nations. And now here they are praising him. Shouting to him, clapping their hands, and saying, he is greatly exalted. If you'll bear with me, I want to talk just very briefly about what happens in the life of a Christian when we praise God and thank God. There's something that takes place within the heart of a believer when we thank Him, when we praise Him, when we exalt Him, when we magnify Him, when we glorify Him, when we give Him all the glory that is due His name. It does a heart good. It does a people good. And this clapping of the hands, interesting. There's something about clapping hands. It transcends all languages. It's a universal language. Think about this. When you, when you clap hands, you understand 
what clapping hands means. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every people. Charles Spurgeon of this universal language of clapping hands wrote, If they cannot all speak the same tongue, the symbolic language of the hands they can all use. You know, I'll never forget many years ago, and again, just bear with me. I just want to share very uh, personally, very candidly. I was convicted by this. This is many years ago. I was, of course, uh, on the mainland at the time in the church that I had pastored there. And um, this pastor got up and he was talking about how, and specific to the Calvary chapels, that we have, and I mean no disrespect to any denomination or even affiliation, we're all different parts of the, the body of Christ, but he said, you know, a lot of the Calvary chapels are starting to look a lot more like Baptist churches than they are Pentecostal churches. Now, years before that, and again, I mean no disrespect, but years before that, I'll never forget when Pastor Chuck got up and said that Calvary chapels are Bapticostals. No, no, no. No, no. In other words, we still believe in the gifts, but they're decently and in order. And he was, he was talking about it in the context of the believers' meetings giving time to wait on the Lord for the gifts of the Spirit to be ministered to the body of Christ. Now, I was actually, and it was actually a pastor's conference in California, and the Lord, as He's always so faithful to, He knew my heart, and He knew the desire of my heart. I so desperately, and again, this is when I was on the mainland, I so desperately wanted to see the gifts used decently and in order as we see in the New Testament, particularly in 1 Corinthians. So we're having what we often affectionately refer to as an afterglow, and we're all just praising God. It was so glorious. Just worshiping, praising God, clapping our hands. And Damien Kyle, who happens to be my favorite Bible teacher of all time, was actually leading it. And he said, okay, let's, let's just wait on the Lord. And it wasn't long after he said that, that somebody stood up, pastor stood up, and he started to speak in an unknown tongue. That was the first time that I'd ever seen this happen. And so I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord, now. And then he ever so gently, he's such a gentle man, such a humble man, said, okay, now we need the gift of the interpretation of tongues. And another pastor stood up and gave the interpretation. And it was just this beautiful, glorious praising of God. And it wasn't even just the words that he interpreted from the tongue. It was the way he just, you know, expressed it. And I mean, I'm just bawling like a baby. I'm like, oh Lord, you knew that I needed that. You knew that I needed to see that. Where am I going with this? Well, I think we, in large measure, have been robbed of 
that. And I think we sometimes do so and are robbed of that under the banner of maybe just kind of, you know, keeping it low-key and we don't want to, you know, get too weird and we want we don't want people to think we're weird, <laughs> right? I mean, even tonight, as David was leading us in worship, especially on that last song, I love that song. Man, I'm in the back, and I was just, you know, singing loud. I don't have a very good voice. And I caught myself, and I know this isn't the Lord, but I caught myself thinking, you know, because I'll close my eyes, I don't want the distraction, I just want to focus on praising God. And I thought, man, I wonder if anybody's looking back at me going, man, he's really being loud. You didn't, I just, you know, don't don't worry. But, I mean, all of a sudden I started getting self-conscious. I think about the times when we raise our hands, it's like the enemy's right there going, I, I sure hope you don't have sweat stains underneath there. And you start looking down and then it ruins the whole thing. You know, I think about when David had just brought the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. And he starts dancing. He takes off his priestly robes. And apparently his dancing must have been a little bit, you know, irreverent. (laughs) Oh my, did you see what the king did? We don't do that around here. Because when he got home, his wife, Mikal, oh, weren't you cute, honey? In front of all the women of Israel, dancing there like a fool. And she just excoriated him and shamed him. How could you? David's like, well, it's an interesting account. He was so hurt by that, in his zeal for the Lord, as critical as his wife was of his zeal for and love for and worship of the Lord, dancing as unto the Lord. I'm not suggesting we're going to start dancing. You can do that at home. (laughs) But I mean, just celebrating and praising and rejoicing in the Lord. And it says that he from that point on, would never sleep with her, would never have any kind of a marital relationship with her. And this was a curse. It's seen as a curse in the Middle East, even to this day, that if you don't have children, it's, it's believed that you're cursed of God. And in fact, she would, because of that, be barren for the rest of her life. You can't even imagine in, the, in that culture to not be able to bear children, let alone give the man a son to carry the name as an heir, especially as king. It was unthinkable. And she would be barren and bitter for the rest of her life. Uh, here's the application, if I can make a, an application. We'll end with this. But is that not what happens when we're critical of someone's love for the Lord and expression of praise and thanksgiving to the Lord, it brings with it a barrenness. Is that what not bitterness does? Bitterness brings barrenness. 
barrenness to the life, barrenness to the soul. Maybe the takeaway, and we'll start with Psalm 48 next week, but maybe the takeaway for us from this is, forgive me for saying it this way, even closing this way, but what do you think we're going to be doing for all eternity, man? I mean, we're going to be casting our crowns before the throne, before the Lamb, and we are going to be singing and praising, worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. We're going to be worshiping Him unashamed. The expression of our praise and thanksgiving and worship for all eternity. I just want to share one last thing. You know, at sporting events, I mean, we, when I say we, I'm, I'm being general. I mean, you'll see these guys, I mean, they paint their faces and their bodies in these absurd colors. And they wear, sometimes they don't wear anything. I mean, they have to wear something, but no shirts. It's 30 below zero. They're in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And they're clapping their hands and they're shouting and yelling. And are you kidding me? For a sporting event? And here we are. And again, I, I don't mean to... I'm not wanting anybody to feel bad. Maybe I'm speaking to myself. But sometimes I think I'm just too reserved. You know, sometimes there there comes that time where I just, man, I just want to praise the Lord. And I don't care what you think about me. I want to praise God. I want to shout. I want to clap my hands. I want to blow out some speakers. That's what I want to do. And that's I actually do that anyway. I want to praise him. Because think about it. And we'll end with this. He has delivered us from the Assyrians. Has he not? And he is greatly to be praised. And he is greatly exalted. And we're going to praise him for all eternity. Yeah, let's clap our hands. That's Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you so much. We're so glad you joined us today for Pastor J.D.'s continuing teaching in the book of Psalms. While our time with you is ending, your study of God's Word doesn't have to. Everyone can learn from the Bible, and everyone will be blessed when they open their hearts to its truth. As you spend time in Scripture today, ask God to share His heart directly with yours and be open to whatever He has to teach you. Know that we're praying for you as you study and will continue to do so each time we produce a new edition of In Spirit and Truth. Are you in the Kaneohe area? If so, we'd love to have you come be a part of our weekly services. Calvary Chapel Kaneohe meets each week to spend time praising the Lord and learning from His Word. 
Find out more about us and get directions at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You can also hear additional teachings from Pastor J.D. while you're there. Or download our mobile app for Apple and Android devices to access these messages anywhere and everywhere. We'd also like to point out Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor J.D. updates us on where the world is in conjunction with the prophecies of the Bible. He takes the time to comb through the news and tell us how world events line up with God's plan as stated in His Word. If you'd like to view the latest edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update, visit our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for joining us today for Pastor J.D.'s teaching, and we hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth.